and welcome back to Marshy's Corner, brought to you by Summit Heights Club. Uh, this podcast is another podcast from my car. Uh, sadly, unfortunately, we in Brisbane are back in lockdown and uh, I couldn't get to my equipment. So I, w- I wanted to do something. I was meant to have a few guests on this week. Uh, I had a few podcast ideas. We're going to be introducing you to some people that are joining the Summit Heights Club team. Well, they've actually been a part of the team in the background, but uh, they will, I was going to introduce them uh, in a content capacity, I guess. Uh, and yeah, so that's a little bit unfortunate, uh, but we're still going to try and get some content to you. Uh, so Summit Heights Club, uh, go follow us on Instagram. We're basically a content platform at the moment. Uh, we're just providing content on things that we enjoy as a team. So uh, I'm excited for you guys to continue to meet the team. Uh, it's starting to all kind of come into play. So I'm excited for you guys to see all that. Uh, I've got some really talented friends and I can't wait to start uh, showing them off. And so, yeah, uh, but I was meant to be recording some podcasts this week, had a few guests lined up, uh, and it's kind of all just stopped. So uh, I don't have my equipment with me, so I can't even really call anyone. Trying to figure some different stuff out, but for now, this is what you're getting. You're getting the the, the car, the car podcast. They're back. I thought I was done with them because uh, my last sports podcast, uh, I did, you know, uh, I recorded it properly and it was good and. And yeah, but we're back. We're back in the car. Uh, it's where the acoustics are best for me. Uh, you know, the house can be a little bit noisy. Plus, probably people don't want to listen to me talking while they're trying to do whatever they're doing in the house. So, yeah, I'm in the car. Um, but yeah, check out Summit Heights Club. Follow this podcast. Rate it. Whatever you can do on those platforms. Super appreciate all that love. Um, and if you don't, you know, that's cool too. <laughs> still grateful for the listen but um yeah i guess on today's podcast i'm just going to touch on uh the olympics you know just what i've been watching what i've enjoyed uh, and then i'm going to dive a little bit deeper into what i think about the 3v3 basketball which is a new addition to the olympics uh it's quite a new sport really um but i have some thoughts about it um some good some negative but yeah i just thought i'd give my little take on that touch in talk about the boomers um, and yeah, just where they're at, uh, obviously they're through to the quarterfinals, uh, recording this on Tuesday, sorry, I'm recording this on Monday, they're playing on Tuesday, so they play tomorrow, uh, against, uh, Argentina, so yeah, I'm going to talk about that, the basketball in general a little bit, uh, because that's probably, you know, what I, what I can talk on the most confidently, um, and then I actually have, uh, I've had a change of heart. Uh, or not even yeah I guess a change of heart uh, I recorded an Adam Reynolds podcast uh, it was one of my first podcasts not that I've done that many uh where I just I was just kind of talking about where I thought the Broncos could go next season um and I've changed my mind on what we could do uh w- with the emergence of one of our players so yeah I'm going to talk about that but let's get into it uh what I've enjoyed at the Olympics um, you know, one of the first sports I started watching was the indoor volleyball. I thought the in- indoor volleyball was unreal. I remember uh, I listened, I haven't watched a lot of indoor volleyball, um, but I've watched a bit. I've got a lot of friends that like volleyball. Um, 
my volleyball career came to an end very quickly. Um, I, I started playing volleyball with friends and I tend to, uh, uh, you know, when I start playing a sport, like I, I like to understand it. Uh, I like to learn the, the proper techniques and whatnot. So something that first started as something that was meant to be for fun in a lower division, I started getting to the courts earlier, practicing with my friends that were much better than me, trying to get better at the sport. I, I wasn't that great at it, uh, but I was getting better. And uh, then I, one cold night, uh, went to spike the ball, tore my, uh, tore my rotator cuff a little bit, couldn't lift my arm over my head for a while. And, um, you know, I sat there thinking, you know, I really tore my shoulder playing a sport that's not one of my favorites. Wasn't footy, wasn't basketball, and it just kind of didn't feel worth it. So that was the end of my volleyball career. But I have gained an appreciation for volleyball, the sport. And uh, I remember the hottest take, uh, one of the Ringer podcasts, shout out, love the Ringer. Um, they they do this podcast called The Hottest Take where someone brings a take to the table um, and they discuss they discuss it. They don't necessarily believe what they're saying, uh, but they discuss it. And they had one about indoor volleyball. And, you know, everything they said is so true in that. They were talking about the excitement of it and how, you know, every play is basically either a dunk or a block. So, like, it's either just, like, someone smacking the ball for a point or it's like an insane block, or you get some insane up, or something like that. And I just think the the game is wild. It's so explosive. It's so much fun, um, and it should be a sport that we watch more. To be honest, it's it's so much more fun than some of the popular sports. I know they compare it to baseball. Um, I'm gonna because they're from America. I'm gonna compare it to cricket. I'd much rather watch it than cricket. That might be blasphemous, but I would. Uh, and so yeah, I thought that sport was awesome. Staying on the beach volleyball theme, uh, I'm locked in to Taliqua and uh, Maria Fay, uh, the two beach volleyball girls. They're killing it. Watched their game against China last night, um, and it was stressful. The first, I think it's a set. The first set was stressful, uh, but yeah, they came good. Um, I feel a bit of an attachment to them because obviously I have these volleyball friends, these beach volleyball friends that they're, they're locked in on them. So I, I'm watching it too, um, talking about it with them. And uh, one of my friends actually works closely with Taliqua. So I, I have that. He's even more, he plays volleyball and, he, and he's obviously watching for that reason. So um, yeah, I'm locked in on them. Can't wait for their next game. I actually can't remember who they're versing or even the time that they're playing. So I should check that out. But uh yeah, they've been great. Love watching them. Uh, there's also uh, Rowan uh, Rowan Browning. How good was he? Uh, I know he didn't get into the finals. Uh, that start in the semifinal was rough, but he mixed it with the best and narrowly lost to some of the guys that really performed in the final. Um, and if he had a better start, you know, he was looking pretty good. So uh, he's young. He's 23. We might see him back here on this stage. Um, I really got around the mullet. Uh, I'm rocking a little mullet myself right now. And as soon as he came out, I was like, who is this guy? And I was, yeah, right around it. So, uh, yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, I've enjoyed the hockey. Uh, i got a friend that's really into her hockey. And, you know, I've just naturally just watched a bit of it. Uh, just because I like talking about sports with friends. So whatever my friends are watching, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll tune in. Uh, watch the girls... Um, the, yeah, the hockey girls lose to India 
today. That was heartbreaking. They just couldn't quite get over that the hump. They just, uh, yeah, down 1-0 for most of the game and uh, they just couldn't. They fought, they fought to the end, they just couldn't couldn't quite get there. And that was that was pretty heartbreaking. Um obviously I always enjoy the sevens rugby. Um Fiji coming away with that. That was pretty cool. It was Fiji, wasn't it? And then uh the high jump yesterday with Stark. <laughs> I I wasn't planning on watching that, it just kinda happened during like in between the um the hundreds and stuff, and I was just like, oh, okay, I'm locked in. I think the hurdles were happening too. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to watch the high jump that Stark, his form, he was just floating. Uh, he obviously didn't come over with the win, but, um, yeah, it was fun. Uh, it was the, the two guys that won sharing the goal. Uh, not sure how I feel about that. Uh, when, when they decided they were going to share the gold, I don't know. I, I'm not a professional athlete, uh, but I have played a lot of sport. Like my whole life has been sports. And I don't know, there's always been a part of me that, you know, even if, if you get to a full time of a game, like some competitions, you might not play overtime until it's like finals and, you, and it settles with a draw. Nothing feels more incomplete than a draw. I, I don't know. I think I'd rather just say, hey, let's go for it. Like if you win, yeah, I, I came second in the world. I got silver. Um, but I don't know, just the thought of going... Like, let's, let's battle it out. Let's, let's do it. Let's see who wins. That's what everyone's tuned in to see. Like, who is the best? And I don't know. It's just go, yeah, let's share gold. I, I just don't know how I feel about that. But it is what it is. I know a lot of people liked it. So from my point of view, didn't love it. But uh, no, the, I thought the high jump was still super exciting. Um, yeah, so that's just some of the sports I've enjoyed. I've watched heaps more. I've been watching everything, uh, especially since we're in lockdown. Can't really do much. Um, not that I'm complaining. I love the Olympics. So any time to be if there's if there was any time to be locked down, it's right now. We can just sit watch the Olympics. Uh, I'm loving it. So anyway, that was ten minutes. I did not want to talk that long about that stuff. So sorry about that. Uh, the three v three basketball. Uh, it's first Olympic Games. Uh, I have watched a little bit of it. There's the 3v3 league uh, for that Ice Cube started in America um, for the retired professional basketball players, and that's a bit of fun. It's like almost they're like it's real tough. It's it's explicit. Like they have everyone mic'd up. They're swearing. There's everything going on. Uh, th- it's obviously a bit different to what we're seeing here in the Olympics, but um, the 3v3 games becoming kind of popular. And, uh, I guess for those of you that don't know, I work at a basketball academy and I've played a lot of basketball in my life. And, um, I was talking to some of the other coaches where I work and we're talking about the advantages of three on three basketball and how many more touches people get. And maybe this could be a great way for people to develop their skills to lead into that five on five game. And some people will be three on three specialists. Um, you know, the long athletic, good defenders, can play out in the perimeter kind of guys. Like, yeah, like they could be great 3v3 players. And now that gives, it's a whole nother type of basketball. Um, and it's exciting. It's cool. I, I did enjoy it. Um, you know, it would have been cool to see Australia with a team. But um, I do have some thoughts about it. So there's obviously those advantages of you get more, you get to shoot the ball more, like you have more chance of becoming comfortable on a basketball court, like, yeah, shooting and, and sometimes in a five-on-five game, like, that ball's being shared around a lot more than 
what it is in a 3v3 game. So there is that personal development side of it that's pretty cool. Um, and then as a competition in itself, not as a step towards the 5-on-5 stuff, it's also just really exciting. And it's fun. It's basketball. It's what we grew up playing. Uh, you know, you, you always go to the courts and you're often playing 1v1s, 2v2s, 3v3s, whatever it is. Like 3v3 is something that everyone that's played basketball for a significant amount of time has played a lot of. And um, it's cool to see that at a competitive level. Um, what I There's some things I'd change though. So I'm just going to go through them. It's, it is mainly just two things I would change. One is the shot clock. So it currently has a 12 second shot clock as soon as the possession changes. Uh, something that I felt from watching this, like this is, this is a very new product. So it's very normal for sports to change their rules. I personally think the 12 second shot clock is too short. Uh, I don't think it encouraged very good basketball. I think I would have loved to have seen the ball move just a little bit more. Uh, if it was me, I would be bumping that 12 second shot clock up to about 16 seconds, especially because the, it's as soon as the, I uh, could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's as soon as the possession changes, it's not when they clear the ball. It's as soon as the possession changes, um, the shot clock starts. So like by the time you get it cleared and then you can start attacking, like you might, it might be eight seconds, you got eight seconds to shoot the ball, maybe less. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I would be bumping that up just a little bit, just to make it a little bit more of a polished product, promote a little bit more ball movement. I know it's meant to be quick. 16 seconds is still fast. So, but it, there's just, there was just a few times where there was some forced shots and I was like, man, if they just had like three or four more seconds, they could have moved the ball a little bit and it just would have probably been a little bit nicer to watch. Um, so yeah, that was, yeah, just the shot clock. That's, uh, that's the first thing I'd change. Um, the second thing I would change is the scoring format. So it's currently one point for a shot, uh, inside the regular three point arc. So you get the three point line. Um, any shots inside there, obviously in the five on five concept, it's two points in this, in this three V three, they've made it one point. Um, and I understand the game's only first to 21. Anyway, let me, sorry, I'll get to that. So yeah, one point for anything inside the three point arc or, or in this case, it's the two point arc. Cause if you shoot from outside the arc, uh, it's worth two points. So instead of the three, it's a two. So it's ones and twos. If you get fouled, you shoot a one, one pointer or a two pointer, depending on where you shot it from. Um, I don't love this. Uh, so basketball has become a very analytical sport, and uh, I understand that when you're playing at the park, you're playing three v three. You often play ones and twos. I don't think anyone sits there with the analytics in a three v three in the park and go, you know, if we just jack up all twos right now or threes. So when I when I say when I say twos, I'm talking about from behind the three point line. It's like, well, those those shots are worth double, um, double to going to the hoop. So when it's when it's ones and twos, you know, shooting that that shot from behind the arc is worth double. Um, and analytically speaking, like you see, basketball teams are taking a lot of threes these days. Um, and it's because it's worth three instead of two. Now you're telling these basketball players that you get double, double the amount of points shooting from outside the arc. I think we're going to see a lot of shots just start getting jacked up. Um, and as the game develops, as you've got better players coming in and playing the 3v3, better shooters, there's going to be no reason for people to just 
not jack up these shots because they're worth twice as much. Um, there's more spacing, there's less players on the court, means like help defense and whatnot, like you're going to be covering a lot more. There's going to be so many. I, just, I can just see this becoming just a jack up, jack up shots from outside the arc fest. And um, I don't know, I think it could hurt the game. If, I, if it was me, um, I'd either just have the game set, I'd have the game to a set time limit, not like a first to 21. Um, or I'd just increase that number. I wouldn't make it 21, make it something else. Uh, but I think just have the time limit. I understand like at the park, it's like go to 21. You have a ref, you have a clock. Just make it make it a set time. And and I, I understand the, the first 21 though, because then it's like you go on a big comeback. I don't know. It, it needs to be looked at though, whether you play to like... 35 or if you just play with the clock and and just the winning team at the end of the clock wins just like a normal basketball game i don't know uh but that's just my take on three on three basketball it's cool that it's in there Uh, i think it just has i think it needs to be touched up a little bit um just to make the game work functionally a little bit better but it's cool you know basketball is a growing sport in the world and now there's two forms of it being played at the on the olympic stage which is pretty awesome so um yeah, I love that. And yeah. Anyway, boomers. I am loving the boomers. It's just like the I'm just sitting there just waiting for the boomers game. <laughs> and there's only been three of them. So I haven't had that much of a fix. But they're great. They're so good. Um, you know, the, the, we've lost Aaron Baines. That sucks. Fell in his bathroom, slipped, hurt his neck. That's like... I, don't, I mean, you always hate to lose a player due to injury. Um, it, like I was saying before with my volleyball hurting my shoulder, doing something that, you know, isn't something that I do. Uh, you know, hurting yourself in a bathroom accident at the Olympics is probably one of the last ways you'd want to hurt yourself. You'd probably want to go down at least playing the game. Um, that, so that sucks. And he's a very vital part of our team, obviously. But we're still a good team. And there's still that... We've still got a great shot at the gold here uh, without him. So stay locked in with the Boomers, even though we've lost one of our good NBA talents. Uh, Patty's been aggressive as ever. You know, he's had moments where the shot's not falling. He's had moments where the shot's looking great. The one thing you can know from Patty is he's uh, he's just going to be there the whole game. He's not scared. He doesn't care. He could miss four shots in a row, and then he's knocking down the next three. So... Um, his facilitating has been good. He's just he's just playing off the ball and he's being aggressive and he's making plays. And he's once again proving he's one of the best players in this Olympic, you know, FIBA stage. Um, Ingles has been good. Just does what Ingles does. You know, just solid everywhere. Uh, Jock Landell, like, I love this guy. He's definitely... This guy's going to get looked at for the NBA. He is... Uh, been so impressive bumping with bodies that are bigger than his. That that was probably the thing that you're most scared of seeing, but he's done a really good job. He's so skilled. He can kind of just score. Like, he can shoot the ball. He can score down low. Um, he's just been very, very impressive. Some of his tip-outs that don't come up on the rebounding, in the rebounding numbers, like, I think he finished one game with three rebounds, but he probably had, like, seven tip-outs. Um, yeah, he's just been really good. So... Loved him. Nick K. People are starting to talk some Nick K to the NBA stuff. I don't know. I'm not sure. But I'm going to stop doubting him. 
uh, when I was a part of the uh, Northside Wizards program here in Brisbane, uh, I was in the, the development team underneath Nick K. And yeah, he was really good. He was really, really good. And But it is like a little bit crazy to me that he's now killing it in the, on the world stage. I was like, wow, like that guy's really gone on to do that. It's so impressive. Well done to him. And now there's talk of people going surely Nick K to the NBA. Um, he's a little bit, it feels like he's a little bit undersized, but you know, the, the thing that's been really impressive has been his three point shooting. Like he can bang bodies. He's great defensively. He can switch on everything. Um, I think he's, yeah, he's stepping out, he's shooting that three ball really well. And, and teams are leaving him open, which is funny because he keeps on knocking them down. So, um, yeah, he's been really impressive. Uh, obviously Delhi, I don't like the Delhi slander I've seen online. Like, why is this guy starting? Start this person, start that person. Patty Mills should be the point guard bringing the ball up. Like, no, that's not what we want. This is not the NBA. We want to see the ball move. We've seen what happens when you have a scoring point guard for Team USA. It's tough. Okay? And they're really talented and they're struggling. We're looking really good right now because we have a guy that's so willing to just facilitate the ball give the ball up, and play really hard defense. He gets switched onto bigs. He covers the bigs. He gets switched onto guards. He's guarding the guards. He's doing a really good job. He's tough, gritty, and you just can tell he's annoying, and he's so willing to not score the ball. And I remember in 2008, I want to say it was 2008, Jason Kidd was the point guard for Team USA. He didn't actually take a shot till like the quarters or semis. Like the, the entire pool rounds, he did not take a single shot. He was their starting point guard, and... He just played defense and he facilitated these other guys that can score the ball really well. Delhi could score the ball. Like, he has that floater game. I know the three-point shot doesn't look great, but he is able to knock him down. But he's not trying to do that. He's trying to facilitate and get our team rolling. And I think he's done a great job of it. We're going to need him defensively moving into these finals. Um and we're going to need him to continue to look after the ball and, and facilitate for our really, really good scorers. Um, so, yeah, stop slandering his name. He's our starting point guard. He's going to stay that way. It should stay that way. Um, Exum, I know he's struggled with the turnovers and stuff, but he's such a threat with the ball. Hey, he's so fast. Going downhill, um, he's just slashing and, and whatever else. He just needs to play with confidence. I, th- I think he's a guy that rides confidence up and down, and he... It looks like he's lost a little bit of confidence because of a little bit of turnover, like the turnover issues and stuff. But uh, he adds a lot to our team, just speed-wise. Matisse Theibel, this guy's like quickly become one of my favorite players just in general. His vlogs on YouTube, go watch them. They're good. They're funny. He's cool. I like him. Like you you learn his personality a little bit and then you go see him on the court and I've enjoyed it. And he's got a little bit of mongrel in him. And he's not backing down from anyone. He's getting in guys' faces. He's been the best defender at the Olympic Games by far. His impact defensively is so impressive. Uh, he can switch on to anyone at this Olympic Games, and he's going to do a he's going to do a defensive job on them. Um, yeah, he's been great. He's, he's really added something to this to this Australian team that uh, I just haven't really seen before. So, um, yeah, I've loved him. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing people right now. Like, there's Sobi came in, gave good minutes last game. Um, Bubbles, my guy, Bubbles. He's he knocks. He's had a couple of big shots that he's hit. You know, these guys haven't played 
heaps of minutes, but they're just ready to go. Um, I should have taken more notes, but yeah, I've just been so impressed with this Boomers team and, and yeah, we're rocking with them. We're, we're in through the quarters. We've got Argentina first round and, um, and yeah, that's what I'm going to talk about. So moving forward with the Boomers, we've got Argentina, I believe it's tomorrow. I think it's late. I think it's like 10 PM. Um, and so that's our, that's our quarterfinal round. Uh, probably the best thing that could have happened playing Argentina. I think they are out of the eight teams that are through. I think they are the weakest team. We obviously handled them pretty easily um, when we played them. And yeah, I, I, I think it, it should be a win. So uh, Argentina, I have been very impressed uh, with the Boomers and I, I think they, we, they, I think they, uh, I think they beat them. So, uh, we then have, let's just go through the other games. We've got USA versus Spain. That's going to be all time. That's such a good game. Both two phenomenal teams. USA, obviously the biggest ceiling of any team talent wise, but they're really struggling with the format of the rules. I talked about that in my other Boomers podcast. I kind of called it and I don't want to gas myself up too much, but, um, yeah, they're struggling a little bit. And, but in terms of talent ceiling, they obviously have just a lot of firepower there. So they have the potential to beat anyone. Uh, and then Spain's just a really great team. They're a lot of fun to watch. Rubio, the Casal brothers, Fernandez, all these guys, Willie, um, they're a great team, good mix of size and guard play. And, um, yeah, they're going to be tough. I have no idea who's going to win that game. It's going to be super exciting. And and Australia crosses over with either of those teams, which really, that's tough. Uh, but, you know, if you want to win a gold medal, you've got to go through the best at some point. And uh, I do think USA and Spain are two of the three hardest teams um, in the that's left, and we'll have to play one of them. So... Um, yeah, that, that'll be exciting, and, and I'm excited for those games, uh, assuming Australia gets through Argentina, which maybe I shouldn't assume. It's one game. Anything can happen. Um, and then we've got Slovenia and Germany. I think Slovenia wins that one. Germany's pretty good. Uh, Luka's playing at another level. And to be honest, outside of Luka, I didn't really know anyone on that Slovenian team, but I've watched a few of their games. I think I've watched all their games. Um, Luka's obviously Luka. Uh, there has been a lot of talk. Is Luca the best basketball player in the world? Look, I understand the arguments towards it. I think it's Kevin Durant. Obviously, Giannis isn't at the Olympics, but you know, bit of an argument for the guy that just won the NBA Finals MVP and was phenomenal. Um, but Luca has been really good, and yeah, he's, the help that he has. Some of these Slovenian guards, they're they're a lot of fun, and I think um, they're tough. They're young. They get out. They they play pretty quick, and they got a lot of shooters. And I think they'll win that one. Um, but that ger- number one from Germany, he's good. He gave Australia some problems. Anyway, uh, France versus Italy. I think France is going to win this one comfortably. If we weren't playing Argentina, I think we'd probably want to play, uh, maybe Germany or Italy, but yeah, Italy, I don't, I don't really know. It feels like they should be better than what they are. Uh, but France is going to cover them comfortably. I think, I think it's going to be a comfortable win. Um, France is, I don't know. Okay, so I had this idea with Australia. Like, I saw that we've got USA or Spain in the crossovers, and I was like, man, that sucks. But maybe, especially with Aaron Baines out, 
Rudy Gobert is something different in the, with these FIBA rules. Like, he really is. He's just something different. And he just dominates that paint into the area. And, you know, we're probably going to have to go through France if we want the gold medal anyway. Um, but not having Aaron Baines for the, to play them, probably it, it might make it them a harder matchup for us than Team USA. A Team USA team that's obviously struggling. Uh, Landell and Nick Kay, like those bigs, they, they're at least able to, they're not quite as big as Baines to handle Gobert, but they are able to switch on these guys like Draymond Green, Kevin Durant, um, you know, Bam's not quite as big as, uh, as Gobert. So USA might be, it sounds crazy, but USA might be an easier matchup for us with our current roster, um, you know, if you have Aaron Baines, maybe you can bang with Rudy Gobert a little bit better. So that this this uh, I've seen a lot of people go, man, it sucks that USA is our next game or Spain. Um, you know, Spain could be tough because they've got some big bodies. So if we're missing Aaron Baines against them, that that could be bad for us. Uh, but you know, if we do come up against Team USA, we do have those bigs that are able to switch and play out on the perimeter, which could go in our favor. Um, but yeah, so. My guess is, you know, after these games, we're going to see Australia versus... I don't. I actually don't know about USA and Spain. If I had to put some money on it, it's hard to go against USA, so I'd probably throw some money on USA. Slovenia is probably going to beat Germany, and I think France beats Italy pretty comfortably. So we could be seeing an Australia versus USA or Spain versus a Slovenia and France. Um, you know, I think we can win gold. I'm super excited. So... Um, yeah, I just can't wait for these games, man. 10 p.m. tomorrow night. You know, I think I got work. Essential worker. Uh, I think I got work early that next morning, so that's going to be tough. But, you know, worth it. Very much worth it. Um, so, yeah, I think I should have taken more notes, but I think that's all I have to say about the boomers. Um, so let me get onto my little Brisbane Broncos take. So I had an emergency Adam Reynolds signs with the Broncos podcast, and... Uh, it kind of turned into how excited I was about Adam Reynolds, but also the fact that I think Katoni Stagg should be the number six. Um, and you know what? I'm going to gas myself up a little, a little bit again. Uh, it kind of came out after I released that podcast that Staggs was going to re-sign with the Broncos and he was going to be the six. Um, and that looked pretty locked in. And I was like, you know what? A little pat on my back. Good call, Isaac. I'd seen him play six for Tonga. Um... And I, yeah, I just think, you know, if you've got a guy like Adam Reynolds who can control a game completely, you can have someone like a Katoni Staggs playing in the six as just like this X-Factor weapon. Um, and yeah, I felt like he could maybe be unlocked there and get his hands on the ball a lot more. Um, but my mind has been changed because Tyson Gamble has become part of the Brisbane Broncos uh, regular side and he's quickly become maybe my favorite Bronco. He's tough. He's a big number six. He can run the ball. He's he's tall. He's really he seems really tall and long and like he kind of like pushes up into the line. Like you're scared about him running, but you're also scared about his little. He straightens up and he he puts those runners onto the ball and he just kind of creates a lot of open space for them. He's put a lot of guys through holes, but then he's also that. He puts people through holes because he's such a deadly runner himself. Um, and he looks hard to bring down. And, and 
you know, Anthony Milford was a really good offloader as as a five eighth. Um, but he'd t- kind of like turn his back, and he was hard to bring down. But he wouldn't really get. He wasn't long like Gamble, but so like when he'd be held up in a tackle, his offloads tend to be out the back, and he just kind of like push it back out, and then we might get more meters off it. Tyson Gamble's getting these offloads where he's getting his nose and his body through the line of defense and getting an arm free and kind of like offloading the ball behind the back of the defenders to like a Jordan Ricky running onto it or a Tony Staggs. Um, you know, that right edge that he, he plays down a lot. And so, yeah, like he's, he's just, he's such a dangerous player. And, uh, what's really come out, like what he's shown a lot of the last few weeks has been his kicking game. His kicking game has been phenomenal. I was at the Cowboys game, uh, this past weekend and he was unreal. Like just punching kicks into the back and yeah, he just, he just showed a little bit of everything. And, the Broncos next year are going to want to field their best 17. And I don't really see a way that we can have our 17 best players on the field if Tony Staggs is playing the six because I think I think Gamble is a part of our best, well, our best 13, but yeah, our best 17 that, that should play every week. Unless you bring him in as the 14, but I, I don't know. I think that's a waste. So... Like, I don't know how this works now because I, I think it sounds like Staggs was promised the number six jersey, but, you know, Staggs is playing great at, at that right center. Gamble's been great as that right side half, the way they're using him. We've got Jordan Ricky, who's really come into his own the last few weeks, and he's starting to, you know, look like a really formidable f- football player. Um, and, you know, Jermaine Isako has been good on that on that right wing. I'm a Jermaine Isako fan. Um it's athletic, man. How athletic is that? Is that side? And you got guys like Payne Haas punching through the middle, and then you got this just these weapons out wide. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's almost like a plead to the Broncos. Like, I don't. How do we fit Tyson Gamble in this side? Because we have to. And he's so good, and the and it's not just his play, but it's his attitude, his energy. Like, I don't think he's a grub. Like, I think he just loves to compete he's just competing for everything who were they playing when he ran downfield and he got that like stiff arm it was bulldogs against the bulldogs he had that stiff arm and he just knocked the ball loose after the bulldogs made that line break and you know he got clapped in the head twice for some reason there was no send-off but i think he's just in people's heads but it's a part of him firing himself himself up i don't know that for a fact but i don't know He's just awesome. I'm a massive fan of him. And it's been great to see a guy, you know, really just seem to care about the fact he's playing for the Broncos and he's playing with a group of guys. And he's, and he's yeah, he's just firing us up. And it's so funny. Like, sometimes guys will come into a side. Like, this guy's play. He's a bit older to kind of start to be this prominent in a side. And, you know, sometimes guys come in and they just try to fit in. But he came in making an impact and you could see very early on the sort of impact he was having on the, um, around the guys and it was kind of like a I'm putting my body on the line I'm getting I'm getting excited I'm getting up for the boys let's all get excited around me and so I've loved what he's brought and um 
and I'd love to see him at the six and Katoni Staggs stay at the center. And I was so big on Katoni Staggs playing six before this, but now I don't know. I think it, I think it's got to be Tyson Gamble, and yeah, Staggs at center. I brought up with my mate. Like, could Staggs play fullback? I don't really know. Um, that's something that I've, we I just haven't seen it. He obviously has the physical capabilities, like he's explosive and and whatnot. But maybe he'd be better at center. Maybe you could play him at fullback just to get his hands on the ball a little bit more. The, the, that's the one thing. I feel like we. I don't. I'm not going to blame Gamble, even though he's that right side half for us at the moment. But it would be nice to get Stags a little bit more early ball. But I also don't know what the game plan is. But every time he gets the ball, he's just bumping people. And uh, yeah, but I'm excited the way the Broncos have played the last month. We look good. Um, the Stags injury sucks, uh, but at least it's not a it's not an ACL. It's not as serious. Um, he he'll be fully recovered next season. And I'm glad he got some games under his belt. I think he's gonna have. He's a phenomenal footballer, and I think he's gonna be really good next year. And I think our team's gonna be good. It's crazy that like. With, I'm very excited to add Adam Reynolds to this. Um, you know, you swap Brody Croft, who hasn't been that bad, but you swap Brody Croft for Adam Reynolds. Um, you know, you bring in some extra uh, depth with Branko Lee. That's the other thing is like Branko Lee could play right center, and then you put Stags back at fullback. I, maybe I don't know. Um, or maybe Jermaine's back there and you've got Branko Lee on the wing, Stags at center. I don't really know. Uh, but Capewell's coming into the side. I don't know. It's I was really excited when Adam Reynolds signed with the Broncos. Um, we didn't get some of the signings. Like It would have been really cool to get Nico Hines. Um, but we've got this guy Gamble, and he's awesome. And we've just re-signed him for two years, I believe. And yeah. Exciting times to be a Broncos fan. We're starting to play well, and I think next year's going to be even better. But um, that's my little Broncos take. Uh, changed a little bit from when I released the Adam Reynolds one, but uh, still equally excited about Adam Reynolds coming. He was good on the weekend. A little chip to himself. That was cool. Uh, didn't know He even had a little bit of pace to get to the ball, so put it in a little bit of an extra gear. You don't see that gear come out too often these days with Adam Reynolds. But um, yeah. As a Broncos fan, I'm feeling pretty good at the moment. And we beat the Cowboys. How good's that? I don't know. Ever since that 2015 Grand Final, I just love seeing us beat the Cowboys even more. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, you know, this has been another podcast coming from my car. Uh, I don't really know how to sign this one off. But, you know, if you've enjoyed the podcast, please follow it. Subscribe, like, whatever your platform allows. Um, go follow Summit Heights Club on Instagram. Summit Heights Club. Uh, there's going to be some cool content, like, and there's going to be content for everyone, sport, music, food, coffee, we've talked board games with like fashion, like clothes, like there's, I've got a lot of talented people that you're going to start getting introduced to, which I can't wait for. Um, and yeah, there's just going to be a lot of fun content. Uh, the Jesse Gee video, game day video, that's going to be dropping very, very soon. Uh, we're finishing it off. Uh, sadly, I may not be able to be a part of just the finishing touches of it um, cause I, just because of lockdown. But our main producer, Jackson, he's on it. He's a magician. He is a literal magician. He's so good. 
it's it's been awesome sitting and watching him. I've learned a lot. I'm going to continue to learn a lot more about this video, like videography and editing and everything. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited for you guys to see that video. It's going to be sick. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if there's anything else to say. Thank you for listening. If you've listened this far, uh, stay safe in lockdown if you're in Brisbane or wherever, wherever else you are as well. This COVID thing's a worldwide thing. So look after yourself. Um, and yeah, hopefully can get more content out to you guys ASAP. Have a good one.